and out of blue here once again with Michael Darling, as per usual. We're back, baby. We're back. We are back, and we are bringing back another previous guest who decided to actually return to the madness this time. It is my pleasure to once again welcome Doctor of Dairy Science, Stephanie Metzger. Thank you. Not just returned, but bugged you to please let me return. Please, please. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. We don't normally bring a guest back so soon. (laughs) However, since this is the episode with Miltank, we'd be idiots not to invite Steph on, considering she's an actual doctor of dairy science. Yeah, we, Michael and I, filling out the notes for this one, we have, both of us put very little under the Miltank thing, just because we knew Steph was going to have a dissertation to write. (laughs) And I'm scrolling through the notes right now, and there's just like a nice block of red text, and I'm so happy. I once again, I once again had two hard ciders and went nuts on the Pokemon notes. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, uh, let's get things started. So refresh us a little bit on your experience with Pokemon. Yes, I played the very old school original uh, on my brother's Game Boy back whenever it first came out, and then did not play again until Pokemon Go came out. I have since gotten a Switch and played Shield, so that was very exciting. Um, Shield gang. And my brother and I sometimes will play a game where... I'll log on to Pokemon Go and play a Pokemon noise for him, and then he will identify it, and he almost always gets it right, and it's really wow. disturbing. <laughs> so if you happen to know off the top of your head what a Rapidash sounds like, you... Can't you know, say at that I, level yet. If I really <laughs> wanted to ham-fistedly segue us into Mon Mom, I would say that Michael that that's kind of disturbing in the way that Michael Darling seems to always know which Pokemon my mom is talking about. But first... We have some breaking Pokemon news. Let's go over to the news desk with Michael Darling. So, yeah, we got a bunch of breaking news. We'll start with the most basic. Uh, Galarian Slowking has been revealed since our last episode. And, yeah, it's a poison and uh, psychic type. Looks kind of wild, because it's like the very evil Slowking is wearing a shelter as a mask, basically. Uh, so yeah, so that's topical. strange. A little too topical. <laughs> well, wearing it as an eye mask, though. Oh, okay, never mind yeah. then. <laughs> yeah, this is some fan of the opera bullshit. Oh, but, its uh, mouth is uncovered. Yeah. Never mind. I feel like there yeah. <laughs> was a Pokemon that way back when we were speculating about the uh, Galarian variants that I was thinking there should be a phantom of the opera take on something that sounds familiar to me we're gonna have to dig through the archives for it but. i want to say it might have been galarian Slowking because we had seen everything except its head mm, yeah which okay. is a weird phrase to say but i didn't expect yeah. the design to look like that though but it does very much have a uh come oh. to me my beauty <laughs> type of thing going it's on. got an opera coat on that's for sure yeah like an opera cape yeah uh but that's not the most important thing uh This next item isn't even the most important thing. Uh, Yuri Geller, the magician, uh, the famous spoon-bending magician, has given Nintendo permission to use Kadabra on Pokemon cards. Uh, Long-time viewers, or or rather uh, listeners of the show, uh, will remember that Geller and Nintendo have been kind of in a fight for the last 20 years over the use of Kadabra because Kadabra is 
basically based on him, right down to the spoons and the Japanese name that is Yungler. Uh, so, uh, out of nowhere last week, uh, recording this, the first weekend of December, uh, out of nowhere he tweeted, I'm truly sorry for what I did 20 years ago. Kids and grown-ups, I'm releasing the ban. It's now all up to Nintendo to bring my Kadabra Pokemon card back. It will probably be one of the rarest cards now. Much energy and love to all. Which, first off, I just want to say I love that it's his Kadabra Pokemon card. Mm-hmm. I, uh, I have to think that there has been a long con going here that he has, like, 20 of these cards that he bought as evidence for his case and claim <laughs> that he's hoping will now shoot up in value. Um... But then on the flip side, you know what? It is the holiday season. Maybe he got visited by the ghosts of Pokemon past. <laughs> I also just enjoy the idea that the new Kadabra card will be one of the rarest, even though it's going to just be mass printed, I guess. Nintendo hasn't announced anything on this front, so we shall see. But yeah, his Kadabra card. Steph, your thoughts? I am going to go with the less charitable view that he has had some locked in a closet somewhere for a while and will be attempting to sell his 20-year-old Pokemon cards to make bank <laughs> on this. Yeah, I think uh. the original prints actually go up in value if subsequent prints are released. It's like kind of a, uh, oh no, the original. if the original version's the only one out there, then they're not worth much. But if you flood the market with other things, then like that first printing suddenly becomes that much more valuable. Yeah, so. that checks out. So, uh, shall I move on to the most important news of the day? (laughs) The most important news of 2020. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, this is a late qualifier for news story of the century, but here we go. Previously on this program, we have reported how McDonald's and character Grimace was last seen at Dodger Stadium on July 18th, 2012, uh, at a game where the Dodgers hosted the Philadelphia Phillies. He was dancing to Ram Jam's 1977 classic, Black Betty. Grimace lives. Grimace was on the McDonald's float at the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade on Thanksgiving morn. And while most of Twitter was talking about Ronald McDonald wearing a face shield, the three of us and a few other friends of ours were focused more on the fact that Grimace was on the float. Grimace lives. Grimace is home. He he took the serum that turned him back from the Dr. Hyde that is gritty into Grimace. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's happened. Did he turn back or did he finally, was he finally able to separate his two halves into Ooh. two separate beings? So Bruce Banner splitting from the Hulk situation. Because that would be real sad if gritty no longer existed. Yeah. <clears throat> Somebody out there in, like, the same situation as, like, the guy who did those, uh, those major, like, computer animated, like, Final Fantasy battles. Somebody needs to do that except with, um, Grimace and Gritty fighting. Like, we need to see Grimace x Gritty. I'm sure Epic Rap Battles has done a shitty Grimace versus Gritty rap battle. No, I don't want a rap battle. I want, like, a all-out, like, Dragon Ball Z, Final Fantasy Advent Children-style, like, ridiculous anime fight. I don't think Gritty speaks. <laughs> so that would really yeah, make it a one-sided speak. rap battle. Mm. I don't know. I feel like Gritty doesn't speak, but he can still, uh, you know, Spit. drop some science. I feel like I feel like Grimace would probably have like a notorious B.I.G. type flow. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just want to level this theory. We know, we know two things. Grimace was in a commercial with Trump way back in the nineties, and Trump has been either pardoning or threatened to pardoning his cronies. So, do we think Grimace got a pardon? I think Grimace was on For what? a mission from Trump. Like Rudy sent him to the Ukraine to uncover dirt, and he finally <laughs> came back. <laughs> Grimace is cute. <laughs> I mean, that would make that would further fuel my desire to see him and Gritty actually duke it out in like <laughs> end of a saga Dragon Ball Z style <laughs> epic action. Because it means that Gritty as like the leftist progressive like manifest spirit of Philadelphia. God. <laughs> um, which I have a friend in Philadelphia who like I asked, what are your opinions on Gritty since you're like an expert on all things Philly? And she told me, Oh, Gritty is just straight up like an elemental manifestation of his <laughs> chaotic energy. That's how we all see him. And I was like, really? So the whole like deification of Gritty is not controversial to you? She was like, no, it's actually the closest anybody outside of Philadelphia comes to understanding <laughs> Philly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, our friend Stefa had a similar thought, which is that uh, Boston and Philadelphia both live in the shadows of New York. And Boston has manifested that as, you know, rage, whereas uh, Philly has manifested that feeling as chaos. Mm hmm Yeah, it's kind of like the, uh, it's very much, uh, you know, when you have, like, three siblings and, like, the eldest one is, like, super, super perfect or super well-renowned or whatever. Like, yeah, one of, them, one of them could be angry, but then, like, Philadelphia just decided, nope, not going to play this game. I'm just going to go off and do my <laughs> own chaotic shit. <laughs> I'm gonna be the artist. <laughs> I'm not gonna uh, think about that in relation to my own life as a middle child and which who I am in this scenario. <laughs> You're a doctor of dairy science or a goddamn PhD. <laughs> if that is chaos, <laughs> what is order? My brother is too! Oh. <laughs> Wait, your brother is also a doctor of dairy science? No, no, no. He's a doctor of something else. But he's also, like... <laughs> but he's also a PhD. I really hope that, like, when he introduces himself at, like, get-togethers where you're at, he's like, oh, this is my sister. She's a doctor of dairy science, and I'm a doctor of something else. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, speaking of something else, I think there's a game we can play. Yes, there is. Wow, normally I'm the one who does the uh, the graceful segue into Mon Mom, but that is correct. We do have a game of Mon Mom, and for those who are uninitiated, Mon Mom is the game that we play where my mother has been sent a picture of one of the Pokemon we'll be discussing this week. Uh, so I have either sent her a picture of Smoochum, Elekid, or do you put the emphasis differently on that, darling? Is it Elekid or Elekid? Ooh. Uh, Ellie Kid is what I say, but hmm. not sure. Right. We'll see which one ends up. It always, I feel like it always kind of like ends up being like a plinko ball where we do kind of like bounce around with the pronunciation, and then by the end yeah. of it, one of us ends up winning out and just kind of becomes the canon pronunciation. <laughs> uh, anyway, we also have Magby, Militank. Uh, I think it's just Miltank. There's no second eye, is there? Oh man, I thought there was. Yeah, it's just well, Miltank. There we go. I've been. Very much, very much like other mispronunciations that have just become like mental canon for us. Like, I've been thinking it was militank, like military, um, yeah. because it's a tank. <laughs> um, and Blissey. Wow. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the game, I just want to ask a quick question to both of you. I think Baloo said 
you know, putting the emphasis on the wrong syllable. Do either of you remember what that is actually from? No. Gosh, um, I've been I've been using that joke for so long that I honestly can't remember. I want to say it was a, an Austin Powers joke. No, but you're close. So I was talking about this with my girlfriend the other day. Uh, shout out to Meg. Uh, and so everyone uses that line, but no one really remembers what it's from. Uh, even I was having trouble, and I remembered it's uh, like a movie where Gwyneth Paltrow plays a flight attendant in the 60s, and Mike Myers says that line, but it was in the trailer, and I don't think anyone actually saw this movie. The love And the fact that neither of you can remember what movie it was uh, just proves the point. I think the title, uh, I looked this up and I've already forgotten, but I think the title is something like View from the Top. Yeah, I don't even remember that movie existing. Yeah, none of us remember this movie other than this line, which we only remember from the trailer. (laughs) <laughs> yep. Because it was probably the only funny line in the whole movie. Gotta put that sizzle reel out there, folks. Yeah. So yeah, I anyway, just wanted to bring up that point, because it's been in the back of my mind for the last week. Especially because I've been making that joke almost any time we have a discussion about the pronunciation of a Pokemon name. Mm-hmm. Um, so, with regard to Mon Mom, the way we always play is that Michael Darling, given his simpatico link with my mother, and proclivity for guessing extremely correctly will go first in the guess and our guest Steph you will be given the chance to copy him or to branch out uh, are you ready yes all right here we go this Pokemon looks like a papillon I will name it Sura. okay so it reminds her of a papillon uh, we had a little bit of discussion about this beforehand um, darling tell us about that name and what it means. Well, I heard that and just thought, you mean like a butterfly? Yeah, and it turns out that, uh, yes, there is a Papillon butterfly, but my mother was actually referring to the Papillon breed of dog, which is, Steph told us, apparently named because its ears are like the butterfly. Oh, that's wild. So, that being said, Michael, uh, which of our canine reminiscent Pokemon do you think it is today? That's the thing, none of these seem particularly dog-like. Like, if I hadn't heard the bit about the ears, huh, um, reminds her of a papillon. So, yeah, I'm, I haven't looked up a papillon to see what it looks like, because I feel like that would be cheating a bit, but since Steph said that it looks like the ears look like a butterfly, my best guess is Smoochum because it's got the hair that's kind of, you know, butterfly pointy. This is one where I really have no clue. It's got the hair like that one wig that Frank Reynolds wears. <laughs> <laughs> I love yes. how I don't even need to describe it. Like, you guys just automatically know the wig. <laughs> yeah, the the kind of late period Andy Warhol wig. Yeah. Uh, Steph, are you going to copy Michael's guess or are you going to branch out? I'm not going to copy his guess. I am going to go with a Pokemon with a little pointy snout, uh, which is Magby. Because I think that face-wise and with, like, the puffy head thing, that might be it. Well, Michael Darling, your simpatico link with my mom seems to have been broken over the course of our break because Steph takes (laughs) the point. First guest in a very long time, especially breaking away from Michael Darling to get the point. <laughs> uh, my so mother excited. was sent a picture of Magby. Yeah. And I'm realizing, so like I'm thinking through it now, the Papillon is known for its like big ears, 
but I realized my mom was comparing it because of, as you said, the snout. Like it was probably other features than what the Papillon is known for. Uh, we'll get to Magby later, and we will get to the uh, the dairy scientific Pokemon down the road. <laughs> but for now, let's uh, let's fart around with another Pokemon. Um, Smoochum first. Ugh. Okay. <laughs> Smoochum is so we start with a few babies. Uh, we're back to babies, and the babies are a mixed bag today. Uh, we start with Smoochum, which is an Ice and Psychic type, and I'm just gonna say like. It gets damaged by its association with Jinx, uh, but this one's also problematic because it's a fucking sexy baby. Yeah, it's just very weird that... Well, I mean, I just can't get over the hair, the Frank Reynolds wig hair, um, the Warhol hair, but <laughs> yeah, it is very weird that of all Pokemon that they decided to, like, jam on an appendix like Babymon to, they chose one of the more problematic Pokemon from Gen 1. Like they could have just left Jinx alone and just buried it, you know? But instead yeah. we got this. Um, the Jinx line is just a trash fire. Yeah. Um, my theory is that if they had given a third... So we've got Sexy Baby. We have Blackface Caricature. My theory is that if they had given Jinx an evolution, it would just be openly anti-Semitic. <laughs> Like, that would be part of the lore, is that it's, you know, it looks like a evolved Jinx that's holding the protocols of the Elder of Zion. Oh, man. Uh, no, Jinx's evolution is just straight up Kellyanne Conway. <laughs> How great is it that we're going to be able to forget that name in, like, three months, hopefully? Hopefully. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Three months is, like, 40 years from now. I mean, I just look forward to not having to know who the head of the General Services Agency is. There are things that I didn't realize four years ago that I was like, oh, hey, that's someone I've never had to care about before. Yeah, I mean, I think about that every now and then, too. And, like, I did catch myself thinking, like, what a relief it'll be to not know these people anymore, but that or have to know these people anymore. And then I realized, oh, wait, it's because of that, like laziness of not paying attention to these things, especially at the state and local levels, that we are in this mess. Um, you know, oh. a lot of Republican gerrymandering got through because of that sort of oh, who cares, just a state senator like type of thing. Who cares, just a congressional district. Well, I mean, not so much that. I'm thinking more like the undersecretary to HUD. That was never someone I've had to care about in my life, but then, you know, some week, some guy shows up, and he's the undersecretary to HUD, and he's involved in the scandal. I'm like, no, I didn't need this in my life. You're supposed to just be doing housing stuff. Yep, not buying $30,000 desks or whatever. Yeah. Anyhow, uh, back to Smoochum. Yeah, we, I mean, understandably, we don't want to talk about Sexy Babymon. Um, but I will say that, you know, the thing that this reminded me, do you, uh, Honey Boo Boo, I'm going to throw uh. it back to, like, what, 2005. Uh. And so that instantly makes me think of, like, I want to know if there's going to be a Vice article, or what do you think is the outlet that's most likely to do a profile on Honey Boo Boo 15 years later? People. People? I can see that being on, like, a This American Life thing. Like, you get Ira walking through her new hometown with her, like, her college town. <laughs> and like asking her really like deep life questions about like so how are you in how are you adjusting to being with other students your age do they know the show that you were on that's not where i would put it i think michael is <laughs> <laughs> more likely to be correct with people 
She's going to be yeah. foisted back to fame. Regarding Smoochum, just the Pokedex entries are not helping things. Like, almost everyone mentions the lips. Like, in Silver, it always rocks its head slowly back and forward as if trying to kiss someone. And why? It tests everything by touching with its lips, which remembers what it likes and dislikes. Ugh. Oof. I hate it. I hate it. In addition to, like, they gave it lips, but that's literally all they did with it. It just is a couple of circles. It's so stupid. And my description of the wig was a CW flashback wig. Like, <laughs> <laughs> this, yeah. this is Jinx flashed back to when she was a baby. So, yeah, it's just everything's wrong with it. It's wearing a shirt and no pants. It's, oh it's god, I didn't even think about that. I'm thinking of that John Mulaney bit where he ends the joke by saying, and his hair was different, so I could tell that time had <laughs> yes. passed. Yeah. <laughs> Wearing glasses, I think, is what oh, it yeah, is. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's Batman. It's the Batman <laughs> t-shirt yes. wearing, like, orderly or whatever. Yeah, um, the Batman nurse. Yeah. Um... Yeah, I got nothing other than it's horrifying. It's shiny as a faded version of itself. Do you all have anything to add? I mean, I'll break with my usual comparison that I've been making for this generation to SNES uh, villains from the Mega Man series in particular and say that this one reminded me more of a Muppet Baby, which <laughs> is a lo- which is low-hanging fruit considering it is a baby Pokemon, but still, it's there. Yeah. When it grows into an adult Jinx, it gets huge boobs and it also gets hands because it doesn't have fingers as a baby so it develops oh, yeah. fingers and boobs I mean, I mean one of the things I kept bothering my dad about when I was younger was dad when will I go through puberty and have <laughs> fingers like a real man instead of just nubs instead of just my penguin nubs <laughs> I mean I'm less disturbed by the hands just because I feel that is a common thing with Pokemon Evolution, that we see them get more uh, durable appendages. Think how creepy it would be, though, if baby Smoochum had, like, full adult hands. I think it would be very creepy. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, God. I mean, the one thing I'll say that's kind of weird that I'm realizing now between the two evolutions is the fact that Smoochum has a very, like, defined, segmented head from its body, whereas, like, Jinx does not. Yeah, Jinx, well, I'm looking at both of them right now, and yeah, like, Jinx is... Jinx might have a neck under there, but the corset is pushing everything up. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, And Jinx has white sleeves for some reason, or, or, I mean, so we've always talked about, like, the clothing aspect of Pokemon. She does have sleeves. Well, so here's the thing, (laughs) that we talked about, back in the Jinx episode, we learned that that is not a dress. That is its body. Mm-hmm. It's just flat underneath. It doesn't have. <laughs> it's a fucking horror show. Yeah, it looks like a dress. It is dress-like, so that means that that carapace is its like body, not a dress and like a flowing skirt. It, ki- it apparently Jinx walks like a slug, um, and so <laughs> its arms those aren't sleeves. Those are just like sections of its carapace, which leads me to think like. I don't know, I'm thinking like a rhino or something like that. Like that type of skin structure. Maybe it's like a turtle. There's the uh, <laughs> there's a community line. Uh, I can excuse racism, but I draw the line of animal cruelty. Uh, that's kind of how I feel about 
That's how I jokingly <laughs> feel about Jinx. I can excuse the racism of Jinx, but the overall design is a nightmare also. I feel like that is taken from Community, or is it the other way around? Oh, I said it's a Community line. Oh, okay, yeah. I was about to say. Um, yeah, because in Community, it's... Uh... I can excuse racism, but I draw the line in animal cruelty. You can excuse racism. <laughs> um, so... Yeah. <sighs> Yeah, I don't think yeah. any of us want to talk about this Pokemon any more than we have to. Jinx should have been left alone. They should never have touched it again. Just like, I mean, because there are so many other Pokemon that they did not... And this is a really weird case where you can tell that they tried to add a line to this Pokemon to try to make, like, Jinx more appreciable and lovable. And it just made the problem worse. Mm -hmm. I don't know, my brain's completely flatlining in terms of, like, a metaphor or comparison to make here. But... Um, they could have just left Jinx alone. They left so many other Gen 1 Pokemon completely alone. Like, when we went through Gen 1, there were a number of Pokemon that have never gotten alternate versions, never gotten added evolutions. Why didn't they do that with Jinx? And yet, here we are. Um, yeah, that's the weird thing, is that there were, I think, maybe close to a dozen babies that got left on the cutting room floor because they were like, this is way too many baby Pokemon to add. So why did this one get the pass? But this one made the cut. And we're also... I mean, the next Pokemon we're going to talk about is another baby Pokemon that I think got jammed in unnecessarily oh, but, as well. Oh, but, but I love this one. So, let's, go ahead uh, and tell us about it. Yeah, well, uh, Steph, anything you want to add about Smoochum before we send it to the land of wind and ghosts? No. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Elekid, uh, type. And I looked on YouTube. There's a clip from the anime of Trainer calling it Elekid. So, like, electricity, but, you know, kid. Um, Elekid, uh, electric type, and I think the babies are generally useless, but I love this little guy. This guy is weird. This is the one baby that's not just like, well, it's the previous Pokemon, but younger looking. This one is just a straight-up weirdo. Well, I'm just saying that I'm apparently going to be the one standalone as often happens i'm going to be the one person that has like serious criticisms about it but i don't hate it i just think that it like it's one of those cases where like it didn't need to be like folded under the electabuzz brand i think it could have been fine on its own um because my whole thing is is like the whole power plug thing is really cool it's really cute I appreciate Steph's note that you wrote the word Tifums. <laughs> yes, I love its little Tifums. Yeah, I love so I love the I love the whole thematic of it that it does have this whole like power plug like you know I love that sort of thing. But I, I it just it's so much more pronounced than Electabuzz that only has the two like Tesla co coil antennae. Mm. Um, like it like it just seems weird to me that this Pokemon should evolve into a second stage Pokemon, Electabuzz, that then is just a big bobcat orangutan. Like, um, you know, it doesn't, like... So I think it could have been its own thing, is all I'm saying. Um, I think that ultimately the only thing that makes it... If, you weren't, if it weren't for the colors of it, if you saw this thing in black and white, you would not know that it evolved into an elect Electabuzz. Um, I, I think the lightning bolt down the chest is the one giveaway, but I'm with you. I think I was going to pose this question to y'all. Like, I think um, that <clears throat> it looks almost like it was supposed to be its own thing, but then 
they said, let's just blend it in with Electabuzz rather than trying to come up with an evolution for it. Because, yeah, there's nothing that indicates Bobcat here. Uh, and there's not as much of a straight-up electricity thing going on with Electabuzz. So, yeah, like, I'm with you on thinking that it should be independent of Electabuzz, but I just love this thing. It is dopey as hell, and I love it. It also has the angry eyebrows from Electabuzz that kind of go mm. along with it, and kind of the club forearms. Mm. But I'm okay with it as a family. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm in the minority here, but guess what? I just came up with my uh, with my mod mods that is replacing the one that I put in the notes. So. Well, I can't wait to hear and, this. And I've got I've even got a brand new name for Elekid <laughs> that I will unveil at that oh. time. Uh. So, in the gold Pokedex, uh, it says that it rotates its arms to generate electricity, but it tires easily, so it charges up only a little bit. It's such a precious little dummy. I feel like we all went to elementary school with a kid that described, that is just like just like Ella Kid. Oh yeah, I feel like in kindergarten you had those like kids that thought that if you like spun your arms really fast before you started running, you would somehow run faster. <laughs> yep. <laughs> in like a game of freeze tag or something. The, fu the funniest thing for me was that I read that description and I thought about, you know, that's such an elementary school kid thing. And I instantly pictured a kid who I haven't thought about in maybe 20 years or so. So, yes, this... Yeah. So, you compared it to a Bobcat, um, and I definitely get that sense with, like, Electabuzz, but what this reminded me of more than anything else was a Tasmanian Devil. Especially, like, the little dummy aspects of it, like... Tasmanian devils are hilarious little fierce boys because, like, the main thing, the main factoid I always remember about those things is the fact that they will sometimes eat themselves so stupid full that they cannot walk. Which is just like, which then made me think while I was writing that into the notes that, like, oh, the Tasmanian devil is basically Australia in its very Australian fauna way, looking at a raccoon and saying, oh, we can make that terrifying. <laughs> Yeah, so, Australia is a land of terror. Uh, Steph, you had something to add about the Tasmanian Devils, I believe. Yes, so I did a study abroad in Australia back in the day, and one thing that we learned uh, is about devil facial tumor disease, which is a truly horrifying thing. It is a unique kind of cancer that is spread by physical contact. So when two Tasmanian Devils, like, I guess when they mate, they bite each other's faces. Um, and if one has the devil facial cancer tumors, they will spread by physical contact to the other Tasmanian devil's face. And it's cancer, it's incurable. But there's no infectious agent. Like, there's not a virus, there's no bacteria that caused it. It's really just the cancer cells being spread that way, which is not something that happens with other cancers. Like... If you gave somebody with skin cancer a hug, you wouldn't catch their skin cancer. But Tasmanian devils, being from Australia, have some, you know, bizarre, horrifying thing that just doesn't exist elsewhere. Wow. That is insane. Mm -hmm. Tasmanian devils also have very country. strong jaws, and I feel like Elekid would not have that because, again, the cute little T-Fums. <laughs> I'm glad that we have now gotten you to say the word Tifums twice on this show. Yes. Uh, 
just a couple other Pokedex entries about Ellie Kid because, yeah, as I keep saying, precious little dummy. Uh, so from Sun, when it's in a house, electrical outlets serve as its baby bottles. <laughs> it sucks down electricity, which that's just wonderful writing. Uh, Sword, when a storm approaches, this Pokemon gets restless. Once Ellie Kid hears the sound of thunder, it gets full on rowdy. My comment there was same. <laughs> and, uh, my personal favorite from Shield. It's not good at storing electricity yet. This Pokemon sneaks into people's homes looking for electrical outlets to eat electricity from. You just you come to your lake house uh, during the summer and you find a bunch of Ellie Kid have been just uh, squatting in there, uh, sucking the power drive. <laughs> Also, just thinking of this dummy, I just can't picture it, like, successfully running into somebody's house without tripping at least twice. <laughs> Getting stuck in the dog door. arms flailing. Well, not the dog door, and the... The, the hound hour yes. door. <laughs> thank you. So, here's the thing, if we're going, like, against basic physics principles about, about <laughs> energy neither being created nor destroyed, if it's drinking all this electricity and can't store it, what is it doing? It just, like, immediately farting it out like a Chipotle burrito? There we go. <laughs> That's kind of cute. <laughs> I agree. Now I can't think of, you know, Pokemon electric attacks as anything but them farting it out. I'm thinking of, like, the, uh, I'm thinking of the South Park episode with Chipotle Way where Cartman just, like, is talking about how he loves Chipotle burritos but can't stop eating them even though they give him diarrhea. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, um. All right, I think that's as good as note as any as for me to finish up my statements on this Pokemon is yeah. talking about the Chipotle's. Uh, does anybody uh, else have anything they want to say? Uh, one quick shiny note, and I'll toss it to Steph if she's got anything. Uh, the shiny is disappointing because it is just a faded version of itself, just like Smoochum. Like, you know, I love Alley Kid, but the shiny is not great considering Electabuzz has a really cool orangey shiny. Yeah. Um, Electabuzz has this very cool, uh, like, tomato color. It's very ketchup and mustard between Ooh, yeah. the Electabuzzes. Oh, it is. Um, and it is very weird to me that they didn't keep that up, because I feel like with other baby evolutions, there is some kind of a consistency, or at least a theme, between how the shinies are colored between their original forms. Well, it's weird, because, yeah, like, Ellie Kid is... You know, a brighter yellow, kind of faded brighter yellow. Don't ask how that works, it just is. Um, Electabuzz is this more red orangey shade when it's shiny. Mm -hmm. But then Electivire, the evolution, actually gets bronzy. Like it goes from yellow to bronze. So there was no consistency in terms of how they decided to colorize these guys. It is very silly. Um, but one thing I will say in trying to look up. Uh, on Google, Alakid's uh, shiny is that I found a picture of Mike Wiganowski from Monsters Inc. <laughs> uh, dressed up as an Alakid, and it is adorable. <laughs> That's some good fan art. Steph, anything you want to add about the baby here? Nothing else for Alakid. Okay. Uh, so next, Magby, a fire type. This is obviously Magmar's baby form, and. All I've got to say is it's a baby Magmar. It's fine. It's cute. I don't hate it. It just is. Yeah. Um, I mean, so here's another thing, another case where, like, they could have done something with, like, a very unique uh, physiological feature. And in which case, since they don't do anything with it, it's like, why the fuck did you include this? It's the bubble head thing. Like... Oh, yeah. 
Like, also the fact that this guy always looks sad. There is not a single picture of a Magby that doesn't look sad, which also makes me kind of curious as to, like, why is this dude so depressed? Like, why is he not on, like, Pokey Zoloft? Um, <laughs> I mean, Magmar clearly is. Magmar is always zoned out. Yeah. Maybe because he's got that low-hanging brow also. Yeah, I think that's... Well, I think it because, like... Well, so with Magmar, it's because he's got, like, the two, like bulbs over his eyes that make him look focused whereas like mm. mag b doesn't have as much of a protruding brow that's causing that look it's just plainly that he is drawn that way um and like the little bubble head how do they not explain the little bubble head like what is going on in that little bubble head it just looks like a little baby with no crane no actual cranial skull that i'm like worried to touch that thing now that i'm <laughs> looking at it again it looks really gross because like there's the the six blobs on Magby and then Magmar has two blobs with flames shooting out behind them so it looks like the yeah. back four exploded and are just shooting fire out of them so that would yeah, be yeah but at weird. least Mag <laughs> yeah but Magmar's just looks like a really pronounced butt brow like Magby <laughs> looks like several tumors <laughs> here I'm gonna ask you to remember a guy uh, Justin Guarini. That's what I get <laughs> oh, out of Magby. Do you remember Jesus. Justin Guarini? How could I forget? Yeah. Who's now the look Kelly? At Magby and tell me I'm wrong. <laughs> Who's the Kelly? <laughs> Is Smoochum the Kelly? I am not going on record saying that we are not starting a feud with Kelly Clarkson. Um, no, I do. Since You've Been Gone is a major hype song for me. It's on my, it's on my wake up playlist. It's been on my wake-up playlist for years. Whenever I need to get hype in the shower for to attack the day. Uh, uh, so Magby can shoot one th well eleven hundred degree flames from its Birdo-esque mouth nose. Uh, so that's a frightening baby. That's our insane stat that we haven't had in a while. I would call it a Papillon-esque mouth nose. <laughs> <laughs> I should really look up this dog. <laughs> I mean, so, it's... yeah, just so you guys know, that is one, that is approximately one-ninth of the temperature of the surface of the sun. That's a Papillon? That is a weird-ass dog. That is, that's a Pokemon. That is not a dog. <laughs> that is a dog that someone drew and added a butterfly-like ear to. It just looks like a dog that's just impossible to train, like, no matter how much you try it. And it looks like, and you know those dogs that people are like, oh, I tried to teach it how to sit, and then the dog, like, they try once, and the dog just refuses. That's a it, cat dog. It was born to live in a purse. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Mm. Um, and my mom has one of those, so <laughs> my mom is a person. She never does. She never carries it in a purse, though. She, she adores it and thinks that it's a little stinker, and she constantly asks me how to make it as well behaved as my dog and I'm like you have to train it and she's like oh that just sounds exhausting yeah um, oh, yeah. um I feel like of the six babies we've been introduced to in this generation I really feel like Ellie Kid is the only one that has any personality of its own yeah I'm gonna oh, wait, agree sorry, with seven babies uh but yeah like yeah um yeah cause most of the rest with the exception of Tyro just looks like what if previous Pokemon but a baby? Yeah, yeah. I mean, there it really isn't anything about this where it's like, okay, we just have to make this look less dangerous than its, like, um, successor. So Magby, it's like, okay, let's take the fire off the head. 
And then ultimately, now looking at the shiny and seeing the orange shiny of it, which is a very weak shiny, um, mm. it really just looks like they took, you know, the neck down of a Charmander and then just, like, <laughs> took the flame off the tail and put tumors on the head. <laughs> uh, this is a Charmander that went to Australia and hung out with the poor little uh, Tasmanian Dam- no, this devils. Is- no, no, flips a f- counterpoint. This is a Galapagos Island Charmander. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I kind of get why they did babies with these three in particular, because it is the idea of taking the single stage, more, shall we say, mature Pokemon and giving them younger forms. Uh, like, I think if they had been presented like this in Gen 1, these three Pokemon, we wouldn't have an issue with it as much. Versus uh, the trio of Iglybuff, Cleffa, and Pichu, which very much just feel like, well, we took three of the cutest ones and made them even more like babies. Well, I also think that the idea of, like... I, th- I-, I can't remember if we've talked about this yet, but I just think that lore-wise and in terms of expanding a world, discovery of baby Pokemon doesn't make any sense. Yeah. in terms of building a cohesive world. Like, it doesn't make any sense how you can discover babies when you already have these established things. Now, what I think, now what makes more sense to me is the directions they've gone since then, which is finding later stage evolutions, mega evolutions, and, you know, lateral different regional typings. That oh, yeah. makes sense. But it's like, for you to tell me, like, oh, hey, this Pokemon that, that, uh, that we have all over fucking Johto, turns out there is a baby version of it we didn't know about until yesterday what and then once they're adults they yeah, all just come north yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. uh, i like that idea of the secret uh pokemon breeding grounds and we've only just discovered them maybe it's kind of like the snowbird equivalent of pokemon where they were only looking in florida and so it's like oh look how old the humans are and then they go somewhere else and they're like babies exist what <laughs> just magically just complete object impermanence in terms of zoology oh, like an alien professor oak comes to america and just assumes that that's normal <laughs> yeah professor oak has been working with these pokemon for the better part of 60 years has never seen a single one born <laughs> oh, oh well uh do we have anything else to add about magby all right, well, let's... Wait, wait, no, no, I want to follow up on the Professor Oak thing. So he <laughs> okay. never saw two... He had a Pikachu for years in his lab. And he never saw that Pikachu fuck. He never saw that Pikachu. <laughs> he had a Pikachu. He didn't have two Pikachus. Yeah, that Pikachu is Volcel. Uh, well, here's the thing, is that Pokemon don't necessarily need to fuck with each other. They can, cr- they can cross-pollinate. Um, per the yeah. Pokemon breeding people, don't they just hang out together and then an egg suddenly appears? Yeah, you're right. The breeders are also confused by the eggs. <laughs> it's like, All right, so it's always like, as soon so as you turn your back. Had... No, 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 wait, wait, wait. Yeah, let's uh, finish. As yeah. soon as you Sorry, turn your back and two Pokemon are hanging out, it's just like, bam, there's an egg. Yeah, the text is always along the lines of, your you know, Pokemon have spent a lot of time together and we just found this egg. <laughs> what should we do with it? They call Professor. themselves breeders, but they really don't know how Pokemon are created. I love it. 
Yeah, and Professor Oak just constantly in his lab with hundreds of Tauros running around, Kinglers, Krabbies, Eevee, and Pikachu, and Bulbasaur, Squirtles, and Charmanders. Never had an egg appear and never thought, hmm, I wonder. Which is weird none because of those Eevee eggs fucks. Can... Sorry, what was that? Oh, which is weird because Eevee fucks. Oh yeah, we know that. Um, and I mean, like, also with so many rare Pokemon, because, like, the starters are super rare, Eevee super rare, Pikachu not at all. Um, I love that the show makes Pikachu feel like the super rare Pokemon that's, like, super special, and then you find out, like, no, they're fucking everywhere. Except they're not yeah. fucking anywhere. Ah, good point. They're just hanging out. <laughs> waka waka. Um, alright, clearly we're done with Magby. Where do human babies oh, come from in Pokemon? Also eggs, weirdly enough. I think it's a Pleasantville. I think it's a Pleasantville situation where everybody has like two single beds in the same room, <laughs> and an egg just appears on the nightstand between them. Good. Uh, I'm trying to figure out if there's a stork Pokemon to make a joke on that. I, I think, feel like there is, isn't there? That's like there's pelicans, but I'm not sure about a stork. Now I'm not that I know of. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, there is a stork Pokemon. There is. Which one? Yeah, there's a picture of it carrying a baby in a bindle. Or baby Pokemon egg in a bindle. Uh, n uh, I think that's a fan creation. Oh, well, they should go with it. It's got a pretty pink skirt and everything. <laughs> that's a good gag, though. I like that. Oh, I get deli birds deliver them. Mm. <laughs> in, their, in their unnatural Lovecraftian skin tail. Every uh. single baby is born on Christmas. <laughs> <laughs> and that's why everyone starts their Pokemon journey on the same day. <laughs> Everybody turns 13. It's on the like racehorses yeah. where everybody has the same birthday. <laughs> uh, all right. So it's time to come to the one that is the reason Steph's on here. We're talking about the cow that walks on two legs and always has its udders swinging in the most terrifying way. Miltank, which is a normal type. Uh, so should we start with the real world science or should we start with the in-game stuff? Where do we want to go? Um, I can tell that the science is going to take a little while, so darling, <laughs> why don't you just tear through it all right. and let's um, just hear from the resident scientist. Alright, so let's take it one step at a time. Let's talk design. It's a cow. It's a fox cow. It's got like a more canine visage, in my opinion. Really? Hmm. I guess... Oh, God. Oh, that's, yeah, that seems pretty standard cartoon cow to me. Hmm. I can kind of see it with the snout. It looks like a cartoon logo spelling milk type of thing. Which is fitting because uh, Miltank is very well integrated into the world of Pokemon. Uh, you see a herd of them at Moomoo Farm, which is where you can buy the healing item Moomoo Milk, which is exactly what it sounds like. It is Miltank milk that is sold uh, throughout the Pokemon world, mostly for the purposes of healing Pokemon, but I'm sure you can drink it too. Uh, and one other thing about Miltank is that the Miltank belonging to the gym leader Whitney is probably one of the most despised opponents in the entire series. Uh, in fact, it's become a meme among players who remember getting their shit wrecked by Miltank. But why? It's a cow, you say? Well, it's got a busted moveset. Let me walk you through this. Uh, feel free to jump in when you have comments. Mm -hmm. uh, so, first it has Attract which is a move that makes Mons of the opposite gender fall in love, making them unlikely to attack Miltank. And considering for some reason in Pokemon they decided that all the starters are like 
75 or so percent chance of being male. Boo! Yeah. You are probably going to have a male starter. So your starter is already out of there because Miltank is like, I'm going to seduce this Pokemon. Uh, Then Stomp, which damages the opponent as well as makes that Pokemon flinch. So, you know, Miltank stomps you and then maybe you don't get a turn that turn. Whoops. Rollout... Uh, which doubles in power, which eats successive hit. So you get hit once, and then it uses it again, and again, and your shit keeps getting wrecked. And it's not just fucking you up on the offense there, on the defense too, because it has the move Milk Drink, which restores half of its maximum HP. So you might be like, okay, I've almost got this thing dead I can move on to the other two Pokemon in Whitney's team, even though this cow has wrecked most of my team. And Miltank then uses Milk Drink and heals itself. And you're like, fuck me. Milk Milk Drink has 20 power points, I might add. So it can use that 20 goddamn times. Fuck Miltank. Or Whitney's Miltank, particularly. I love it when properties breach, like, go from outside of their, like, aesthetic to a different genre. So... Steph, you've been playing through Breath of the Wild. I've been enjoying your ongoing additions to your Twitter thread of your Breath of the Wild experiences and trials and tribulations. Um, But I did comment on the fact that Breath of the Wild is interesting because it is technically a dystopian uh, apocalypse story. Um, It is very much a world on the brink of the end of itself. Um, It's basically Fallout told in Zelda's world. Uh, Militank is... Despite the Pokemon being, despite Pokemon Mil-tank. being a very kid, sorry, uh, Miltank being in a very kid-friendly adventure RPG, that Miltank fight is a freaking horror monster. <laughs> <laughs> it is just going to keep coming at you. It is going to keep rejuvenating itself. Just when you think you hacked a limb off, nope, it comes right back. Yeah, Miltank is the Blood Moon. Yep. And so now I make way to our scientific expert. Ladies and gentlemen, please clear the floor for the doctor. (laughs) Oh, sorry. Just one note about Whitney's mill tank before we get into the science. Uh, I I think I implied this, but I want to make it clear. Whitney's mill tank is the first Pokemon she uses in the battle. It's not like you've beaten the other two and then you face this Bloodborne demon. It's the first thing you fight. (laughs) I have to read this from my notes, uh, which is that... I do love the fact that um, the Pokemon Company does seem to like... I've pointed this out with the fairy overall fairy type, um, that the Pokemon Company seems to like subverting our expectations in terms of outward appearances. So the fairy type, like, absolutely gets to stomp on, like, dragon types and fighting types, like, the kind of tough guy-looking types. Um, Miltank is straight up a cow that will turn you into a burger. And I love it. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, you think you're going to tip this cow? No, sir. <laughs> it will roll over you. Which is All right, kind of like uh, a... paging Dr. Metzger. Yes. Paging Dr. Metzger. <laughs> uh, so I sent Michael a message about this back in July, literally like the day after we recorded the last episode because Miltank came up in that and I was like, oh my God, please let me come back for Miltank. So... I was sitting there during my lunch break, sitting, you know, on the other half of my living room, <laughs> looking up information <laughs> and stats on Miltank, and I got a text message from my PhD advisor saying, will you come give a talk about your career path as a woman scientist? And I was like, 
<laughs> Absolutely. And then she was like, you know, you just talk about your career path and how you have applied certain principles. And I was like, yes, should I talk about this and how I have applied my scientific knowledge in the field of Pokemon research? <laughs> you are a Pokemon professor. <laughs> oh my God. Professor yes. Maps. That's... You have to legally change your name to a plant theme, though, so. Crap. <laughs> <laughs> Anyhow. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, so, yes. My first question was non-scientific. It was, does the existence of Miltank mean that there are Miltank boys wearing big hats and spurs? And is there such a thing as reverse Miltank girl? <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Okay. Hi-o. <laughs> I appreciate that you're neither of you are going to address that question. Um, I'm going to say yes. <laughs> <laughs> I dislike the idea of Miltank as a counterpart to Tauros, since, like you were talking about with genres, Tauros is a very, very different genre from Miltank. They look, you know, Miltank is a cartoon and Tauros mm-hmm. is like oh, this looks exactly like the real animal that is based on, but with an extra tail or two extra tails, whatever. Yeah. Uh, so that irritates me in terms of their sexual dimorphism of Pokemon in that regard. <laughs> um, as for the actual Miltang statistics, it's 3 foot 11 and weighs 166 pounds. Uh, it's standing on its hind feet so it is not actually very big it's like the size of a little kid maybe but thicker mm-hmm. so so is this punching height <laughs> is this a punchable pokemon if it's bipedal it's punchable okay thank you uh wait no i want to hear from the doctor here i don't remember the cutoff for punchable <laughs> Uh, punchable is anything that is uh, that is over three feet in my book. Okay, then yes. Because <laughs> it's like you gotta be able you gotta be able to swing your arm without having to like stoop over too much. Because then you just because then it's easier to kick. Is why it's punchable height. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So yes. Where was I? Oh, so it's counterpoint. Yes, I was looking up um, goat versus cow statistics since. Miltank size-wise is a lot more comparable to a dairy goat. So a dairy goat can give about a gallon of milk a day. So five gallons for Miltank is not some unreasonable, wild, nonsense statistic because five gallons a day for a dairy cow is like, sure, totally fine. Not unreasonable at all. Um, But a a Jersey cow would be a lot heavier. Um, and then finally, uh, talking about the Miltank milk, there's a comment in the Pokemon Go Pokedex that people who can't drink milk turn this into yogurt and eat it instead. But if the problem is lactose, the yogurt will still have lactose, so people who are lactose intolerant will still feel the effects. And if anyone would like an explanation of lactose intolerance and how you can produce farts in a test tube, I would be happy to provide it. Sorry, you told, you said test tube farts, and now we need to know more. Okay. Did you make test tube farts as a part of your PhD? I have made many, many test tube farts in my day. 
So with lactose intolerance, the human does not produce the enzyme necessary to break down the lactose, which means <clears throat> that the lactose will go through the human digestive tract totally intact. And then when it gets to the part of your gut with like a whole bunch of bacteria that can ferment lactose, those bacteria will ferment the lactose and produce methane and certain other things, which leads to farts. So you can use this in a test tube and you can make bacterial growth medium that contains lactose and you can put in a pH indicator to see how acidic or how basic something is and you can look and see whether the bacteria ferment lactose. And so you like inoculate your bacteria and then you let it grow overnight and you look the next day and if the bacteria can ferment the lactose, they will have released gas, which will then get stuck underneath the bacterial growth medium in the test tube and force it up. So there's a bubble underneath it. So it's a visible little fart at the bottom of a test tube. Hmm. So you have seen farts is what you're saying. Yes. You have seen the unseen. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> this arcane knowledge that you come from the from the from the Academy of Dark Milk Arts. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Okay, so I do want to make one point about the height versus the weight because mm -hmm. I love using Cordy as my standard for how I understand all animals. <laughs> um, She's a great baseline. If I if I pick Cordy up, which she will hate. But if I lift her up and like stand her upright on her hind legs, she would be about four feet tall, believe it or not. She is a, she is a long dog. Um, she is 40 pounds. So that is a hefty, chonky cowmon. Like if we're using Cordy as a baseline, my little, my little English shepherd, bless her, bless her stupid heart. <laughs> cows are big boned. <laughs> uh, no, I think cows are actually thick. <laughs> Dummy thick, even. Dummy thick. I first off, I do want to say that it warms my heart that this is a legitimately educational episode. Like, I know we always have like weird factoids and like pop culture trivia, but I love the fact that there was actual science today. <laughs> the explanation of lactose Thank intolerance is like my favorite thing. I love explaining that. I think it's so cool. Mm. Yeah, I've no, I've, I've never heard it explained in that clarity of detail. I've always known about like the lack of a particular enzyme within your stomach to process it, but I didn't realize that it's the fact that it's being processed by another bacteria picking up the slack later on. Yeah, that's causing yeah. the issue. So one of my friends, when she had a baby, she was the kid was like I don't know a year old or whatever, and she said oh yeah, we're gonna transition him to cow milk and I'm gonna stop nursing him, but I'm worried that he's gonna be lactose intolerant. And I was like, actually, <laughs> actually, human milk has more lactose than cow milk. So you don't have to worry. Yeah, yeah there was a blog that uh, I used to read called The Sneeze, which is the home of the uh, nun pizza with left beef. Mm. Yeah, uh, so he had a feature on there which was Steve don't eat it the premise was that he was supposed to eat things that were considered disgusting or a bit out there uh, and uh, when his wife had recently given birth he decided to just go through with it and compare uh, cow versus human milk and he said that the uh, the human milk was sweeter yep hmm. that makes sense 
It's because of our brains, That's... because the lactose gets broken down into glucose, which is hmm. used by the brain. And humans need a lot more brain development than cows to use sense. to talk about Pokemon. <laughs> I would like I would like to thank Michael for bringing the image of Dave Chappelle as P. Diddy drinking ah, Cambodian yes. breast milk yep. <laughs> to mind again. Y'all did it. Breast milk. This you is made real Cambodian day. breast milk. <laughs> oh, God. Yes. All right. Ah, uh, so... Do we have anything else to say about the design? I've got the shiny note, but anyone have anything else about the design? Yes, that with Miltank appears to have hooves, and the fact that it is a biped with hooves, in my opinion, makes it the single dumbest design in the entire Pokedex, <laughs> because it's very <laughs> stupid to walk around with hooves on your front limbs that are then just totally useless. Because you have hooves, you See, can't grab anything. I get that, but I'm going to counter uh, the idea of it walking around on its hooves with the fact that Satan is traditionally <laughs> pictured with goat-like hooves. <laughs> and since we have determined that Miltank, or at least Whitney's Miltank, is worse than the devil, it makes sense it would be walking around on him. <laughs> yeah, but Satan is a centaur, well, a satyr uh, in that depiction, <laughs> because he only has like the hind quarters of a goat. It would be cooler if Satan was a centaur, though. <laughs> um, Satan would be a centaur. <laughs> All right, there we go. Uh, Shut it down, folks. My last note on Miltank <laughs> is that the shiny is blue, and it looks pretty cool, which, of course, just makes me think of blue milk from Star Wars. Yeah, I can't top that. The only thing I the only thing I really want to add to it is that the 3D sprite of it standing with its arms out just looks like the tiny Keanu meme. That people were doing. <laughs> oh, I did hint at this earlier, but I have to address, or we have to address, that the nipples just go swinging in They're, the 3D yep. animation. I love that they articulated them, and they have their own physics going on. Each yeah. of them has their own physics; like they are not moving in sync. Um, when they invented jiggle physics for human breasts <laughs> in video games, they did not know what they had brought into the world with Miltank. I'm just. I'm just thinking of those like retrospectives on game design back in the early 90s where people are talking about like the power of the PlayStation versus the Nintendo 64 and how many <laughs> polygons could you have rendered and somebody saying like I can't render enough polygons to give these goddamn utters their own independent movement. I need more <laughs> polygons. <laughs> I'm just going to I'll travel back in time and show this to Alexander Graham Bell and then the phone will never be invented. <laughs> Go show, go show it to the go show it to SquareSoft when they were trying to decide whether or not to leave Nintendo for PlayStation. Just say this is what the future holds. Didn't somebody else invent the phone at the same time, and Alexander Graham Bell got all the credit for it? Oh, huh. Um, Wasn't it the person who I wanted guess. to say "Ahoy, hoy" when they answered the phone? Am I? Oh, I think I think Bell was the one who wanted to make "Ahoy, hoy" the normalized greeting. I might be real confused was... about this. Don't trust this. Trust the lactose intolerant stuff, but not what I just said about the phone. <laughs> Damn it, yeah. Jim, I'm a doctor of <laughs> dairy uh, science, not telephones. <laughs> not telecommunication science. <laughs> All right, so yeah, last call on Miltank here at the milk bar. Uh, I'm good. I'm ready to go. I'm ready to talk about some eggs. Let's move okay. to the other section of the dairy aisle. <laughs> uh, yeah, we're moving uh, elsewhere in the food pyramid now. Blissey, uh, which is normal type, it's the evolution of Chansey. Uh, so Miltank... Weirdly, Miltank is the only one that isn't directly connected to 
another evolutionary line this week, but has been paired up with Tauros. So all of these Pokemon, in a way, have a connection to Gen 1. Uh, anyhow, Chansey, uh, sorry, Blissey, you get it by evolving Chansey with high friendship. Uh, and, yeah, this is a Chansey that's bigger than before. Uh, I want to defer to Steph to go first to tell us her story <laughs> about bigger than before. Uh, so I was unemployed for a time last year, and I did the bigger than before egg during that time because... Yeah, I, I was for those of you uh, can you refresh people's memory of what that was for those of us who aren't uh, internet poisoned like <laughs> mm-hmm. if you are not internet poisoned but are somehow listening to this uh, the bigger <laughs> than before egg was the what was it like Russian some Russian Facebook video yeah. where five minute crafts <laughs> which is important that it's called five minute crafts because <laughs> because it takes a week uh, you put an egg in vinegar, and then you quote-unquote wait one day, and it will be bigger than before. Then you put it in maple syrup, and it will be smaller. Then you put it in water, and it will be bigger again. And then you add some blue dye, and it will turn blue. So... Bigger than before, wait one day, is a lie because it takes more than one day for the vinegar to dissolve the shell, and I know this because I did it more than once. <laughs> uh, so what was the end result of this exp- of this uh, craft? Are you still uh, displaying the egg somewhere in your house? <laughs> I cut the egg open, and of course oh. it like splashed blue liquid everywhere and the yolk was still bright yellow Hmm. that makes sense i mean i guess like because the yolk is what like it's pure fat isn't it uh like would it be it's has more i think more fat in it than the white yeah because the white is mostly Mostly proteins and aminos yeah yeah Yeah. i think i think the yellow is still got protein but it's not pure fat yeah, but I think that's why it's not as susceptible to, like, the vinegar that would yes. break down everything else. Mm. Um, and make it bigger than before. Correct. Yeah. The maple the maple syrup, I think, is supposed to re-solidify the shell of the egg somehow while not the maple while syrup, the size of uh, The maple syrup has a high sugar concentration, so it pulls the water back out of the egg that has gone mm. into the egg from the vinegar. I love that we are really breaking this down. <laughs> <laughs> so, to be clear... This craft, but in the video from five minute crafts. It takes a week. In the video, it takes two days, and you say in real time it takes a week. Yes. And this it, five minute crafts video. Craft implies that you end up with something useful at the end. <laughs> I cannot stress enough that you do not end up with something useful at the end of this. <laughs> My favorite, th- my two, my two things I love about this. So I do want to counter and be a little bit pedantic and say that five minute crafts. If you really take in how much time you are spending, it's five doing minutes worth actively. of effort. Yes. <laughs> yes. The other thing I want to, the other thing I want to point out here is that. It is like I love that it, they even in the video they didn't try to propose any kind of a use for it. <laughs> just, I think like, the use was just it's squishy now. If you did it in the um, fridge, you might be able to actually eat it at the end. 
Oh, yeah. I did it in a martini glass on my kitchen counter. So then when I because... had friends over for dinner, I had to hide it so they wouldn't see <laughs> the eggs sitting in a martini glass on my kitchen counter and say, are you okay? Well, the video does show you have to do it in, I think, a rocks glass and then a martini <laughs> yes. glass, right? So yeah. So I love that we are going in depth on this what is this, like a two-year-old meme or something like that? I think it was, well, uh, a year and a half. It was last year, so it feels like it's two years Time old. is meaningless. It was July of exactly. 2019, and I remember this well because it was the beginning of my unemployment. Ah, yes. gotcha. I think we all have that one unemployment project that we do. Um, mine was making a thread on Twitter of my 200 favorite vines <laughs> of all time. Um, I do, I do want to bring one more bit of attention to something from the egg. Uh, before we get into the egg Pokemon, which is a tweet uh, that said Ben Shapiro lowers himself into a bathtub filled with vinegar, <laughs> repeating bigger than before, bigger than before. <laughs> that's so good. Oh, that's good. <laughs> All right, so tell us, tell us about, tell us about the egg Pokemon, darling. Uh, it just is. I've got nothing for. Blessy, like it's it's fine. Like it's a defensive beast in that it's got the highest special defense stat and highest HP. Um, uh, interesting thing. Well, yeah, I'll get to this in a moment. Uh, it's shiny got a downgrade. Uh, in gold, silver, and crystal, Blissey was its base form was redder, and the shiny was purple. And now its regular form is pink, and it's got a pale shiny, which is doubly disappointing because Chansey's shiny is great because it's kind of this weird rotten green egg color. Um, the other interesting little tidbit is that three of our mons today are exclusively female. Those would be uh, Blissey, obviously, Miltank, and Smoochum the Unmentionable. Obviously is correct since Pokemon always has to go super obvious and make the these particular Pokemon female because they are associated with kissing or providing food or providing care. We cannot just have some sort of non-traditional female role sex-based difference between Pokemon. That's... I mean, I will say, because of course <laughs> men don't kiss. <laughs> well, okay. Men don't kiss, we make out. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, look at... Smoochum evolves into Jinx, which is like, you know. I mean, it is very weird that, I mean, this is probably like more progressive thinking that has that like has evolved in the social system and broader discourse uh, since the time this game was made. But like Pokemon, Pokemon does not need to confine itself to a binary structure in any kind of way because it's not like, because like aside from the fact that okay, like if you put two male Pokemon into the daycare together, like they won't mate. But, like, at the same time, like, how is a giant whale fucking a ditto and producing an egg? Like, sex is clearly not an actual mechanic here. It is that they are sitting alone in a room. <laughs> Especially yeah. since they have certain Pokemon that have no sex. They're just, like, in Pokemon Go, instead of the, like, male or female symbol, there's just an empty circle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I think yeah. they I think they should just move away from that and just have it be Pokemon. Yeah, well, yeah. I am Mon, um, you are Mon, we are all Mon. Yeah, I will say that uh, I can't think about, I can't quite recall any of the other uh, gender-exclusive Pokemon at this moment, except for Salazzle, uh, all the way in Gen 7, 
which is an exclusively female Pokemon. However, it travels with a harem of male uh, Pokemon. So, you know, ladies be pimps too, as I said. <laughs> and then all the I'm fighting Pokemon easy. are males. Like, Sorry, not but... all the fighting Pokemon, but like Hitmonlee and Hitmonchan. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the whole Hitmon family. Although I will point out, Hitmonchan has a little kind of frilly skirt. So, you know, Hitmonchan is genderqueer. You heard it here first. All about it. <laughs> Gender is a construct, anyway. Um, one thing I will say about this uh, about this Pokemon is kind of to the contrary of the Elekid issue is that Blissey is the opposite side of that, where there isn't enough to differentiate this from Chansey in any kind of interesting way. Like, it is so clearly just Chansey, but a little bit more. Mm. Like, they just put on the necessary amounts of, like, shoulder feathers to make it clear that this isn't a Chansey. And then they just stopped it right there. Like, they literally just took a Chansey and just kept drawing little things and said, is this different enough? And then added a couple more. Is this different <laughs> enough? Okay, I guess we're good. Um, yeah. I do... I also have a really terrible joke that's going to make Michael Darling hate me. Um, but I do need to say that because it has such crazy high defense and it evolves thanks to friendship... This is a Pokemon that can look you in the eye and say in complete honesty, your friendship makes me hard. And I think that's beautiful. Here's the thing, because it's an egg, your friendship makes it hard-boiled. Ooh, even better. Well done, darling. Thank you. Poor Steph. Yeah. Uh, interesting note about Blissey, though, about it being such a defensive powerhouse. They had to retool the formulas for... Uh, defense and offense in Pokemon Go because people were just putting Blissies in gyms and they were just total walls. So they wound up <laughs> nerfing Blissey because it was such a defensive beast. I feel like that happened That happened in Pokemon Go with a number of different Pokemon. Didn't they have to nerf, if I, I want to say Vaporeon? Uh, yeah, a little bit. Like, they turned down some of the attack power on one of its moves. Mm. Like, Mewtwo got a nerf just to make it a little bit more manageable compared to other Pokemon well but that was going into the game rather than mid game all right okay uh, we got anything else about blessing not me doctor i would hug it i think it's cute <laughs> and it looks squishy it's good hugs despite sure. despite being allegedly hard purple <laughs> maybe it's it could be a Kung Fu Panda type of hard where, like, if it gets punched, it just is able to, like, wobble the punch <laughs> back at Ty Lee or whatever. Even more reason uh, for me to rewatch Kung Fu Panda, a movie that I do not remember. Um, strong. I feel like we were talking about this a, a couple nights ago, but Kung Fu Panda very much stands up as a fantastic movie trilogy. I've said it on the podcast before, best, move, best overall movie trilogy of the 21st century thus far. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Star Wars failed. Oh well, yeah, no, up to I challenge that. they failed. <laughs> wait, there was a third Star Wars. Is, wait, wait, exactly. Which, so were, I mean, they, well, they are so we they failed. Rogue one is part of that because no, because they. I mean, what I'm saying is that they failed to complete the trilogy. So oh, they, no, no, no. I think they got. I think they, they got episodes one, two, and three. When this joke will only work if those all came out in this century. I can't remember. Ah, uh, no, episode one was 99. Damn it! <laughs> yeah, it just missed the cutoff. 
Um, the Dark Knight trilogy <laughs> falls flat with Dark Knight Rises. It really is a shame that COVID hit before they could wrap production on episode nine. Yep. Just wait till the next Avatars come out. <laughs> Although there's going to oh, be more a, than three, right? That's a it's quintology, be a so... <laughs> I don't know why I said pentarchy. That's a ruling. That's a ruling. That's a rule. That's a ruling. Uh, five-way rulership. <laughs> oh well, I mean, the five Avatar movies will be the kings of cinema. So, oh, of course, they're yeah. going to be. They are going to define culture for decades, just as the original did. Yeah. Um, yeah, they will be the most dominant form in our world. Speaking of our world, <laughs> a celebration of the harmony between humans and Pokemon. This is my. Right, so this is the uh, segment where we talk about uh, the Pokemon if they were in our world. Um, Michael, would you like to start us off, please? Yeah, I'm just going to go straight to the point here. Uh, we've got this in canon. Mill tanks are at Moo Moo Farm making milk. Blissies are in Pokestop centers helping Nurse Joys heal Pokemon. The other three are literally babies. Their purpose is baby. Yeah, so kind of riding on the coattails of that, if you don't mind me uh, jumping in stuff, is that I think for the babies, it's a question of which ones make good pets. Magby's too dangerous. Elekid feels kind of like a pug. Like, it might be a little bit like... Because, I mean, it's eating, it's drinking electricity, but it isn't doing anything except farting it right out. So who cares about <laughs> that little dummy? Um, it, and plus, also, like, the other side of the dummy thing is that, like a pug, it feels completely like it can't possibly survive in the wild on its own. So, like... I think it absolutely needs human assistance. Like, in fact, here's one thing that might justify the lore, is that Elekid is the pug equivalent. What pugs are to wolves, Elekid is to Electabuzz. Which is that I think Elekid is actually a human-created version of an Electabuzz to make it domesticated. Um, Not a baby, per se. in which case, that ex- that completely explains why it's such a doofball. And they to- and like you know, you look at like selective breeding and the fact that like yeah, dogs have these features and these breed features that we have selectively bred into them over centuries and decades. Elekids like poofy Popeye arms and spark plug head, <laughs> like that is the result of selective breeding. We chose Electabuzz to breed smaller and smaller that had beefier and beefier Popeye forearms and pluggier and pluggier antennae until we ended up with an Elekid. Um, so, yeah, and I think Smoochum would just straight up be the Chihuahua of all of these. Like, it gets put into the purse. Steph? Now I have to see how big that Smoochum is. <laughs> yeah. I think Blissey is a bodyguard for pop stars. It's like <laughs> kind of in the background of paparazzi shots. <laughs> behind just looking whatever the Pokemon world equivalent of like Taylor Swift is. <laughs> I'm just imagining four Blissies carrying a suitcase out of uh, a hotel. I don't think you could I'm just picturing... handcuff a a briefcase to their wrist if you have them like (laughs) transfer money somewhere but yeah I'm just picturing the end of the bodyguard Whitney Houston singing uh, you know I will always love you and instead of Kevin Costner it's a blissy waving at her (laughs) (laughs) especially because it's got those stubby little arms too oh yeah just so it just stands, its defense of its pop star uh, client is just standing there, literally. Mm-hmm. Like, it just gets between Taylor Swift and whatever rabid fan is going after Taylor mm-hmm. Swift. 
these things only weigh a hundred pounds. Blissey? This is not a good buy. <laughs> yeah, a hundred pounds, and it's four eleven. Oh, so it's God totally it. Poe from Kung Fu Kung Fu Panda. It's just a lot of fluff <laughs> that you like punch and don't and you don't do anything to it. Yeah, that's pretty much it. It's all. Yeah, wow. That's. <laughs> Okay, so we've talked about the Pokemon as they are, uh, as we know them in their world. Uh, let's talk about how we would change these Pokemon. Welcome to Mon. Alright, Michael, you're up first again. What do you want to do? Delete Smoochum and make the Chansey Lang Fairy type. I think that seems right for them, but mostly delete Smoochum. Alright, Smoochum, you've been cancelled. Steph, what would you like to do? I am going to fix the Miltank biped problem, but I am not going to do it by making Miltank a quadruped that walks on all four of its hooves. I'm going to give Miltank hands and feet to up the creepiness factor. Oh, God. Oh. <laughs> I just like, so for some reason, my mind automatically did like. Pictured it milking itself? Replace. Well, first oh. off, first, just the image of like normal human like pasty pink hands and feet appeared like my mind did a very bad photoshop blue you did not need to say pasty immediately after steph said milking itself. and then yeah and then i'm basically picturing like the mcpoyle brothers oh, like, in speaking through militant milting <laughs> oh god um, is this clockwork all right, so, orange, but they're all drinking mill tank milk. So let me uh, so let me jump in with my mon mod, uh, which is make Elekid its own thing, make it its own line. And here's what I want: rather than leaving it just electric, let's make it an electric ghost type hmm. um, that is like a fa that like can be like a little bit of a phantom pest in your house that steals electricity and gets like you know gets excited by thunderstorms. So it has this like you know hungry banshee type thing going on huh. and we call it instead of Ella kid we call it plugaboo <laughs> plugaboo <laughs> uh, i just want to note that we do have a pokemon like that coming up in gen 4 rotom that is an electric ghost but you know we'll get there when we get there yeah i still like plugaboo plugaboo <laughs> okay Let's play on plugaboo like all it. right i like it all right so that brings us back for the first time in too long to my favorite segment Mon Appetit. If you'd like my personal crack medicine. Mm -hmm. Surprise. All right, Michael, if you would, uh, please. All right, well, this week gives us a rare opportunity. I'm not going to eat any Pokemon. I'm going to use two Pokemon that produce food. So, uh... Going to make it a nice little omelet using one of Blissey's super tasty and freely given, I might add, eggs. Uh, some Moo Moo milk uh, to turn into some cheese, and also you know a little bit of Moo Moo milk to get the eggs going. Uh, and then maybe shave a little bit of duck with sticks onion on top of it. Yeah, okay. Nice little omelet today. Made without right. actually using Pokemon. No harm, presumably. I can dig it. Uh, Doc, what you got? I am <laughs> going to harm Pokemon. I'm going to <laughs> skewer Blissey and roast it over a bonfire and then make it into a huge s'more. <laughs> because I'm just assuming a... that it has a marshmallow texture. 
It looks like it. And since we now know that it only weighs 100 pounds and is 311. That is a lot of fluff. That is a very fluffy Pokemon. It's 411. Um, Miltank is 311. So, regardless, oh, right. I have to have... When quarantine ends and everybody can come over, we're having a bonfire and taking one blissy and just like the world's biggest graham cracker. <laughs> You're going to need a giant stick for this thing. Oh, yeah. You're just using, like, a steak and, like, spit-roasting it. So, like, you're getting to spit-roast a marshmallow, basically, like a luau pig. <laughs> Apple in its mouth? No, a raspberry or some sort of poke berry. <laughs> I do want to call out that I appreciate Steph every time she... That both times she prepares to get on the show points out that she is drinking a cider and deciding which Pokemon to eat. Like, <laughs> that Two is her place. ritual for preparation on this show. <laughs> All right, I'll close this out. Um, I'm going like a little bit uh, because the the weather has finally, finally gotten colder. Um, all this week, uh, I feel like this week the theme of conversation for me has been like the little things that we miss in the continued sh uh, shutdown and lockdown. Um, in addition to movie theaters in particular, I also one thing I also haven't eaten since uh, things shut down nine months ago is ramen. Um, I have not had mm -hmm. a bowl of ramen, and so I would like a ramen bowl with Blissey's egg and Blissey chashu strips in a refreshing miso broth. Mm -hmm. um, I think that would be perfect, especially because it is quite cold tonight. Um, but that does bring us home. So, Dr. Metzger, thank you so much for gracing us with your expertise, your grace, and your presence. Thank you for letting me repeatedly bug you into coming on to talk about milking. <laughs> no bugging at all. We'll be glad to have you back again, even for a non-dairy Pokemon. <laughs> non-dairy Pokemon. A dairy-free Pokemon? Plant-based? It'll have to be a grass type. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, Michael, how are you doing? What have you got to plug? Uh, well, I was just going to say, a fun game for a lot of these Pokemon would be, does this look like a mammal? Considering all of them are born in eggs. Even the ones that are made of steel. Oh yeah, are, are animals that are born in eggs supposed to be able to produce milk? Platypuses and echidnas. So yes, yeah, it's they're the possible, only exceptions, right? But again, Australia. <laughs> Just kind of its own universe. Mm -hmm. Australia. I think someday we're going to discover that Australia was is basically an asteroid that fell to Earth with its own fauna. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would make a lot more sense. And it's actually just, like, d millions of years old xenomorphs that were kind of emulating animals that they could tell were elsewhere on the Earth, but didn't do a great job. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, so what I've got to plug today is just the concept of Australia. Not the country itself, but the concept of Australia. So, check that out. Yeah, I mean, so, wait, no, back to Australia. How many oh, other species of marsupial are there elsewhere in the world? <laughs> possums? Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's about it. So you got uh, one, sure. so like, there you go. So you've got like multiple marsupials in Australia. So like a bunch of those xenomorphs are just like, hey, there's this one animal over in North America that does this thing. We're just, three <laughs> of us are just going to do this over here, all right? Yeah. More than three, but yeah. Yeah, I'm sure there's, I'm sure there's more than just, you know. I mean, opossums possum. are pretty widespread, but still. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Have you seen Australian possums? And how different they look. They look very, very different from the Virginia opossum that we are used to here in the <laughs> United States. 
It looks like a possum crossed with a lemur. Fucking Avatar ass. Avatar the last ben airbender, that is. Ass animals. It says that there will be a bear. You mean a duck bear? No, it just says bear. <laughs> I love that they built up to that after four seasons of that show, finally. That was in <laughs> season two, and I know because I just got there very recently. Yeah, I last, I binged it all. Well, I know it's like towards the end when they're getting ready for like the final battle. Was that show only two seasons? Three seasons. Uh, Megan and I just started season two of Avatar. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic show. Um, if yeah. For listeners who enjoy Avatar The Last Airbender, uh, definitely check out The Dragon Prince on Netflix. There are three seasons currently up. They actually got approved for four more seasons recently that are going to wow. start coming out next year. Um, but the first three seasons are a masterpiece, in my opinion. And you can definitely see it has a lot of the uh, people from Avatar The Last Airbender on it. So you can definitely get see a lot of the same DNA um, in the characters and, you know, way the show expands and all that. Um, but, darling, uh, any plugs you'd like to share in addition to Australia? Uh, not this moment. Um, most of the stuff I've worked on most recently has been behind the scenes. So, yeah, nothing too interesting. Um, but yeah, look into marsupials. They're weird as hell. Other than that, uh, you can find me on social media at Y underscore Baloo. Uh, follow me on Instagram, especially if you want to see my adorable, very dumb dog. Uh, and on Twitter, if you want to hear my very dumb, adorable takes on things. Um, Steph, where can people go if they want to find you? To hell. <laughs> I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> My plug would be for everyone to wish Baloo a happy birthday. This this episode is very definitely going to be edited and put up several weeks after my birthday, but I appreciate the sentiment nonetheless. <laughs> I care not hey, well, for the constraints of time. Whenever you are, uh, whenever you hear this, just text Baloo and say, hey, happy birthday, man. I don't care if oh. it's July, just do that. Thank you all. That's how we keep uh, track of listeners. Alright, on that note, uh, I have been Yonata Blue. I was Michael Darling. Might still be. We'll see. <laughs> Alright, thanks for being here. Blue sky, please tell us why you had to hide away for so long.